Pastor Xavier Reese with the challenge to make the most of your God-given opportunities. God tells us we are a royal priesthood to serve Jesus as His church, humbly, due to the fact that He is the one who has given us gifts and abilities to do that. Is there a circumstance, situation, or even a sin that you may be using as an excuse to not serve God? The only thing we lack is the will to obey. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. As columnist Ann Landers has said, opportunities are often disguised as hard work, so most people fail to recognize them. But in the case of the priest Zacharias and his barren wife Elizabeth, the opportunity that came in the form of an answered prayer that she may bear a son was welcomed news from the angel of the Lord. And beginning a Simple Truth study series in the Gospel of Luke, Pastor Xavier issues a challenge for obedience when called into service for the Lord. Let's listen. The last Old Testament prophet was Malachi. There has been 400 years of silence, but now once again, God is going to reveal his will and purposes to his people by the angel Gabriel regarding the forerunner of the Messiah. Gabriel is the angel of good news. He can't keep his mouth quiet. Remember, Malachi closed with a curse, the Old Testament. But now the New Testament opens with a blessed hope, the proclamation of Jesus Christ. Here's this New Testament summarized. How the silence was broken. Repent for the kingdom of God's at hand. This is what is lacking in the pulpits of America today. The proclamation of the gospel that man is a sinner in need of repentance. The majority of people are going to church to be entertained. They hear little video vignettes and nifty little stories, sermonettes for Christianettes, messages that couldn't cut a lump of soft butter, let alone the heart of man. This is the problem of our nation in the church today. If you're thin-skinned, you probably won't last long here. We just open the door and let the lion out. We don't try to defend them. We let the Word of God do the work. 400-year silence. Now Gabriel is going to see announces to Zacharias the birth of his son John, and it unfolds for us in threefold movement. Let me read five on down. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. And so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went to the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense, 
And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He also will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tithings. But behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he took away, he looked on me to take away my reproach among people." Gabriel announces to Zacharias the birth of his son John, and it unfolds for us in a threefold manner. First, you have the priesthood of Zacharias, verse 5 through 10. Secondly, we have the prophecy to Zacharias, 11 through 20. And thirdly, the people and Zacharias in 21 to 25. The priesthood of Zacharias is the starting point. The period of time is in verse 5. The particular time in history was during the time of Herod, we are told. There are many Herods in scriptures you can get confused. This one is Herod the Great, a very evil man, and he lived in an evil time in history. During this time, things were bad politically in Rome with him as the king of Judea, as we'll see, but also religiously, spiritually, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the scribes, were corrupt leaders that were not giving the word of God to people and not living out their faith. He was an Edomite, a descendant of Esau, and as you know that he's a type of the flesh then. He reigned from 37 to 4 B.C., and the particular title notice given to Herod was king of Judea. The title king was conferred to him by the Roman Senate by the influence of Antonius and Octavius in 40 B.C. He was a man who was paranoid. He was afraid people were always going to take his kingdom from him to such an extent that he killed even his wife and many of his sons. There was a saying that's a play on words that it was safer to be Herod's pig than his sons because of the likeness of the play on words. 
He ordered the murder of the infant children also at the time of the birth of Jesus in Matthew 2.16 when the Magi's came to him and said the king of the Jews had been born. Where was he? Evil man. Now, notice the person of Zacharias and his wife then are introduced to us in verse 5 also. He was a priest of Israel and his name is Zacharias. There were three families of Levites to do the work of the tabernacle if you remember our study in the Old Testament apart from the Aaronic priesthood of a high priest. In Exodus 6.16, it gives you the family of Merai, the Kohathites, and the Gershonites. And they had the duties of the tabernacle, the curtains, the sticks, the boards, and the poles, and then the furnishings, they all divided it up. Now, his name Zacharias means Yahweh remembers, a great name. Keep that in mind when you think God has forgotten you. God, the only thing God forgets is your sins. Figure that one out. A God who knows everything, nothing's impossible, he chooses to forget your sins and mine and never mention them again. He was of the division of Abijah. Notice David had divided the priesthood up in orderly manner in 1 Chronicles 24 for the service once the temple was going to be built through his son. After the Babylonian captivity, only four returned. Ezra tells us that in Ezra 2, 36 through 39. And uh, he fell into the eighth division in uh, 1 Chronicles 24, 10. Eight is a number of new beginnings, by the way. <laughs> Six men, seven completeness, eight new beginning together. Now, Notice he was married. His wife was also of the priestly line after the order of Aaron, the high priest, uh, the brother of Moses. And her name, Elizabeth, means his oath, identified with the promises of God. All priests had to be married, preferably to the priestly line, and certainly to a virgin. They couldn't marry a non-virgin or a divorced woman. Leviticus 21, 14. These were the men who did the service of God in the temple, the holy place, the holy of holy, the high priest, once a year, and that after many washings and sacrifices. Now, in verse 6 and 7, notice the personal, spiritual, and family condition is given to us. Zechariah and Elizabeth were both God-fearing people in the midst of an evil time. Their standing was being righteous before God. The word righteous indicates upright and virtuous. Their lives were pleasing to God. Doesn't mean that they hadn't sinned. It means that they stayed in a right relationship with God, making use of the sacrifices, the provisions given to them. The explanation was that they both were walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. So the law, that's quite a statement. This is a record from heaven, by the way, okay? Words inspired, it's inerrant. The idea of walking implies to be in step with God in fellowship, progressing, advancing, growing in the relationship, moving on. The declaration of being blameless is deserving no censure. This doesn't mean they were perfect, doesn't mean they were sinless, but they maintained and abided in their relationship with God as he had declared it. That's important. Truly, Zacharias and um, Elizabeth here 
were part of the godly remnant of Israel waiting for the Messiah, but not many were waiting for Messiah. You know, when we first got saved in the early 70s, man, we just knew the Lord was coming. We didn't know much about anything else. There was a fire in the heart of people and everything else. Today, people in the church are worried more about their comfort. There's not a great passion for the coming of Christ, for the rapture of the church, for holy living. That's why the emergent church is making great inroads. Look at verse 7. Zacharias and Elizabeth had no heir to pass on their name. They had no child because Elizabeth was barren. The word bud marks the sharp contrast between their confidence standing before God and their shame before man. Barrenness was considered to be brought about by God, therefore being in disfavor with God in the culture. We're going to see that that was not the case regarding this couple. Yet it is interesting that all of the patriarchs and their wives, or their wives of the patriarch, were all barren. And it was God who had to intercede and intervene for Sarah, Rachel, and Rebecca. That it was God who was in control, not man. And that he was the one that was bringing about the nation about, while allowing man to have free will, yet God can't be opposed to that because he knows all things from the beginning. There's no problem with God. Notice they both were well advanced in years. The word advanced simply means to go forward. They were towards and near the end of their life. Then we get the privilege to serve in the temple that came to Zacharias here in verse 8 through 10. In 8 and 9, notice his lot fell to burn incense according to the custom in the temple. Proverbs 16.33 tells us, that the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord Yahweh. We remember that in the book of Acts, the apostles cast lots for Matthias, who took Judas' scariest place in Acts chapter 1. This was an Old Testament practice. Now, when they did it in the book of Acts, it wasn't a mistake, because if you read after that chapter, Matthias is included, and it says, and the twelve were there. So Paul is not the 12, and it was not a mistake. God cast the lot to choose him. Now the time of the burn incense, notice, was twice a day. It was at 9 in the morning and at 3 in the afternoon. It's believed to be 3, the incense symbolic of prayer. We have this in the book of Revelation. And just sweet smelling aroma unto the Lord. Now there were about 20,000 priests. Some would never have the privilege while others would just have one time in a lifetime as the lots were cast to serve. Great privilege. Now the multitude, notice the people were praying outside the hour of incense uh, when it was offered in prayer, and they were waiting. Zacharias, the priest, was joyous and worshipful in this experience, despite the circumstances of being childless. What an incredible little nugget here that he didn't allow that one thing to taint his life. Remember Haman and Mordecai? He had everything, but that little Jew wouldn't bow to him. So he ended up hanging himself on the gallows. What is the one thing that maybe God has denied you or whatever is going on and, 
And is your heart going to be soft towards God to be used, or are you going to get hard towards God and blame him? Wow. The stigma of not having favor with God did not stop him from being obedient and faithful to his service to God. That's a great, great little nugget here. A.W. Tolzer said, quote, We should come to church not anticipating entertainment, but expecting the high and holy manifestations of God's presence. Today, the church is entertainment. The church is not focused on the word of God. The church is not focusing on the rapture, on the second coming, on prophecy, on what's going on in the Middle East with Israel. But videos, entertainment, and and corporate principles and motivational speaking and general little, you know, they, they call it dialogue. We dialogue, we converse, but you walk out with nothing. God help us. God tells us we are a royal priesthood to serve Jesus as his church humbly due to the fact that he is the one who has given us gifts and abilities to do that. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says... There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God, who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So God has given to you, to myself, at least one gift, 1 Peter 4, 9 and 10 says, and I want to use it for the edification of the saint. My gift of pastor, teacher, and teaching is not for me. It's for you. Doesn't mean that you can't study. Doesn't mean you can't do an inductive study. But my gift is for you. And your gift is for me and for the rest of the body. Now, I don't know what your gift is, so you need to go to the Lord. But God has called you to serve in some way, some capacity through the gifts. And I can tell you what your gift is not. It's not the chair you're sitting on. Little advice, it's easier to direct and guide a moving object than one who's sitting still. You must go to God. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, sound-minded, as God has dealt each one the measure of faith. So we can't puff ourselves up. What we have received, we've received. Everything we have, we can't boast about it. Even the faith that, to operate these things. But yet God gives us the free will to believe and accept or not to. We're not robots. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are a people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. What a privilege. That you and I would be just plucked a brand out of the fire from the world and to have our lives transformed, to be a witness for Jesus Christ at this time in our nation for our life. What a high calling. Is there a circumstance, situation, or even a sin that you may be using as an excuse to not serve God? Well, you know, it's my wife, um, my husband, my children, um, my job. Uh, I don't have time. You don't understand. I'm not qualified. Really? Hmm. Paul puts it this way, 2 Timothy 2, 19 and 21. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having the seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. 
But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Listen carefully. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, that's your responsibility. If anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. No excuses. The only thing we lack is the will to obey. God has enabled us to walk before him in righteousness and blamelessness through Jesus Christ. He is our mediator, our intercessor, our kingsman Goel, our redeemer. He is our lawyer for our defense to keep us in abiding fellowship with the Father and himself. 1 John 2, 1 says, My little children, these things I write to you that you do not that you may not sin, meaning as a practice or habitual lifestyle. And if anyone sins, stumbles, falls, misses the mark. We have an advocate, a lawyer for the defense with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, except he only takes guilty pleas. He doesn't plea bargain, and there's not one innocent case. So if I agree that I'm a sinner and I confess it, he cleanses me and keeps me in fellowship with the Father and himself. Simple. Are we aware of the high privilege to be able to offer up prayers to God for others boldly before the throne of grace based on what Jesus has done? For our husbands, our wives, our children, for our daily needs that at times are overwhelming in this life. Only to see him be so faithful regarding us. Some of you have walked with God for many years. You've gone through difficult things in your marriage, your children, whatever it may be. And you've walked with God and he's taking you through and you're the better for it. And now when you minister, you minister out of life, not out of books. Not out of nifty little sayings, but out of life commitment and transformation and the power of God. The needs of the people of the church, the various ministries, missions, prayers. For wisdom for our marriages. God knows we need it. The raising of our children as we live in this very corrupt and evil society of America. We are now no longer on a slide. We are in free fall on every level. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, listen carefully, but was in all points tempted as we are. Wow. Yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. There isn't a thing that you've gone through, going to go through, will ever go through that Jesus did not go through when he was here. In every point as you are. Now you have to believe that or say God's a liar. There's errors in the scripture. The choice is yours, how you look at that. It will make a big difference. The priesthood of Zacharias was for present service. Simple. Every generation no exception. Pastor Xavier Reese. 
reminds us of the reason for rejoicing in the grace of God, both at the angel's news to Zacharias and Elizabeth and with the Savior who was and is to come. And, of course, you can hear this message again anytime online by simply selecting today's date at the radio listings link you'll find at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And you can also request your own personal copy of today's thought-provoking message, God's Silence is Broken. Pick up a copy on CD for yourself or a friend for only $4. Now, the title to ask for once again is God's Silence is Broken. Make your request by writing... Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. When God chose to break a 400-year silence, He delivered a message not only worth the wait, but He did so in a most unexpected way. Find out how on the next Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com